listening to a message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to know more about Red or its ministries, please go to redchurch.org.au. We're launching into a new series today, and we're really excited about this series. It's called Our Lives, His Vision. It's great to be sharing this message with you today. We're going to start in Scripture. We're going to jump into Ephesians 1, verses 4 to 14. Scripture says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished upon us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put in effect when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a zeal, the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I'm really excited about this sermon series. Um, We've been working as a teaching team and we're actually pulling together a a range of content that Red has, has put out over the years and distilling it into this sermon series. We're distilling this gold that we've we've received in dis- different forums, different formats into a se- sermon series that really seeks to educate us, to teach us on what it means to be a disciple here at Red, what it means uh, to follow Christ here at Red, what is Red's discipleship philosophy. I'm really excited about this because I've seen this content go out and have power. I've seen moments at Red Church, here at Red Church, where things that are going to feature in this series have been preached, have been spoken, and there's been a response. I've seen people humbled. I've seen people struck um, by God and get down on their knees and say, no more of this, Lord. I choose you in your way. I've seen this have an impact in people's lives within our community. I've also seen this have an impact beyond our walls. There was this one time um, a few years ago where um, I was privileged to, to go to the States and, and some of this content was being preached by Mark on the stage. And there must have been, um, a thousand or more people in this room. It was two tiers of seating. There was this, this ground, uh, floor and then there was a first floor. And towards the end of this, this preach, um, probably about 10 minutes out from the end, I saw out of the corner of my eye, someone on the upper tier, um, got out their seat and walked up towards the back. And I saw the light open as they went out through this door. And I thought to myself, wow, this, this guy, Maybe he was offended. He's just just got up and left. And then again, out of the corner of my eye, I saw another door open, the ground floor door. 
And this this guy walked in, a thousand or more people in the room, and he beelined to the front of the stage. And as as the preach, the word was still going out about stepping in to, to this discipleship philosophy. This guy walked up to the stage, got down on his knees, and he put his head on the stage. And as he did that, there was an altar call. There was a call. If you want to step into this, please come forward. And literally hundreds of people came forward. It's exciting that this contact content has had an impact in people's lives. So it's exciting to pull it all together. But that's actually not the primary reason why I'm excited. The primary reason that I'm excited is because of you. It's because of who you are. It's because of how God has chosen you. And it's because of what God wants to do in your life. I'm excited by that. Paul writes this letter to to Ephesus, the church, Ephesians, the letter's called. And I love this letter of Paul. A lot of Paul's letters, if you're familiar with the New Testament, a lot of his letters are rebuking. uh, They're letters educating. They're letters spurning the church to change, to be the church, to step into something bigger. Um, This letter from Paul is a little bit different. This letter is a letter of theology. This is a letter of what the kingdom of God is. This is a letter encouraging people what they are. Theologians have said this letter really communicates three main things. The first, this letter is about your position. The second, this letter is about your walk. And the third, this letter is about our standing as a body. I want to highlight three elements from the passage that we just read. The first is you are chosen. God in his wisdom has chosen you. The second is this, God has a plan for your life. And the third is this, God wants his glory to come into the world through your life. This is God's plan for salvation of the world, to use you and your life for his purposes. I'm excited because God has handpicked you to be his kingdom-building presence in this world. Seven or eight years ago, um, I was living over in Perth. I was uh, before kids. It was just me and my wife, Joanna, and we were, um, we were going to a church over there called Without Walls. It was a very missional church. Um, it had an outreach focus. Um, it was a fantastic group of believers. Um, at this church, they had a number of outreach ministries, but one of these ministries that really impacted me and I, I really got me thinking about my faith was called Joshua House. So what was Joshua House? Joshua House was this, this uh, discipleship program, and it was, it was tailored for guys who'd had a rough experience of life. These guys that were coming out of the justice system, out of prison, they were going to live in this discipleship house. And there were guys that were coming out of drug addiction and they were going to live in this discipleship house. Um, there were three kind of rules that they, these guys had to live by as they um, spent their time in this discipleship house. The first was no drugs. You've got to stay clean. That was the first rule. The second rule was if they found you a job, you had to turn up, you had to go to work. And the third rule was you came along to church. And it was fantastic seeing these guys journey as they went through this program. I used to go to this church. They had a Friday night service. It was a worship service. And um, I used to go straight from work. I'd work late on a Friday and I'd turn up to this church and 
we used to sit in the, in the, the back seats of the church and I'd be there, sat down, just me and my wife, and in the next bank of seats, um, at the back, also in, in uh, the same line as me with this, with this group of guys that were journeying through this discipleship program. And I remember one week I was looking over at them and I was like, man, we look so different. See, I'd, I'd come from work. I was in a suit. I was, I looked clean cut. I was pre kid, so I didn't have the dad bod. I was a bit fitter than I am now. And I was looking over these guys. These guys had sleeves, but they weren't suit sleeves. They had tats. A lot of them had prison tats. Um, these guys, I don't know if you've met people that have struggled with drug addiction and alcohol abuse, but often the, they don't look healthy and these guys weren't a picture of health. And I remember looking over at them and, and thinking, man, we're, we're, we're almost from different worlds. We're, we're different, very different people. I remember one week, um, I got off work a bit early. I was a bit of a workaholic back then and we turned up for church earlier than normal. And this time, um, not many people were there yet. Um, I, did what I typically did. I assumed my position in church, which was at the back pews of this bank, and these group of guys came in, but they were a bigger group this time. There wasn't just the, the five to six that I used to see sat near, near me. There was about double the amount. And I was like, oh, man, is this is Joshua House expanded? And then I realised um, that they weren't all sitting at the back. Half of this group went in and dispersed, and they actually went and sat in the middle and towards the front. And I realized the group that was sat with me at the back were right at the start of this program. They were in weeks one to five of the program and they had actually a similar posture to me. They were leaning back, arms folded a little bit. Um, yeah, they were actually similar to me. And I remember as this church service kicked off, these guys that were in this Joshua House program, many of them were leaning in, in worship. They were engaging. They were leaning forward. Some of them, when there was an altar call, went forward in a posture of openness. And I remember seeing these guys and thinking, man, we're worlds apart. There's something they have that I don't. There's something that they understand that I haven't yet grasped. Man, we look so different. We're from different worlds. And it got me thinking, what am I missing out on? John 10.10 says, I've come that they may have life and life to the full. I've come that they may have life and life to the full. See, I I don't think I'd fully realised what that meant. This guy that led the was one of the leaders on the program, Leon, beautiful man, really godly guy, one of those people that you have a conversation with him, it feels like you're having a hug, just a beautiful person. And at a point in time, I realized, ah, he wasn't one of the leaders. He'd come through the program. This man had been radically changed by God. God had shaken up his life. And he realized something that I didn't. He came over to my house one day for a cup of coffee. And I remember him sitting there and saying to me, Ryan, God's got a call on your life. You see, Leon saw it before I even saw it. Do you see it of yourself? God's got a call on your life. God has chosen you for this time. God has a plan for your life. God wants to bring his glory into this world through your life. What I believe is God is building his temple. God is building his living temple and he's inviting you. He's calling you. He's chosen you 
to be part of this. This sermon series, it's not going to be an eight-step process. It's not going to be a a number of sermons with three takeaways and if I do all these, if I tick all the boxes, then, yep, I'll live a life well. That's not what this sermon series is, is going to be like. This sermon series is about the daily and the lifelong. This sermon series is going to be about the micro and the macro. This sermon series is going to be about the posture that you live, that you set in your life so that in one day from now, in one week from now, in one year from now, you look more like Christ. That's what this sermon series is going to be about. So what is it? What is Red's discipleship philosophy? Well, we're um, going to look into a a really well-known passage of Scripture. If you've been around Scripture for a while, you've no doubt heard this. Um, It's in the book of Matthew. Jesus is walking along the Sea of Galilee and he looks over a, a couple of guys in a fishing boat and, and he says these famous words to them. He looks over at Simon, who later becomes called Peter, um, and, and Andrew, his brother, and he says these words, Matthew 4, 19, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Ten words, one sentence, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You can almost glaze over this sentence. It's a very short, punchy passage that, that Jesus speaks uh, in the Gospels over, over two guys and their lives. But you can actually break it down into three parts. The first part, follow me. The second part, and I will make you. And the third part, fishers of men. Red's discipleship philosophy is that we abide with Christ. We follow him. We're renewed by Christ. His promise is that he will make you. We're renewed by him. And we go with Christ. He will make us fishers of men. Abide, renew, go. We live in this time of massive upheaval. It's easy to think that this massive upheaval is caused by the pandemic, but actually it was happening before that. The pandemic has just exasperated this. I remember speaking to someone from HR in a company that I used to work for, and they said, oh, we used to check in with our staff every six months to 12 months, but now with this generation of staff coming through, we should check in every three months because their core purpose, the thing that they're moving to in their life, why they are doing the things they're doing changes on a three-monthly cycle. So we need to check in with them to check that they're on point and to check that we should still invest with them and to check where they want to go in their career. It's an amazing three-month cycle. We live in a time of massive change, of upheaval. And in that time, this principle of abiding with Christ, being renewed by Christ, and going with Christ is unchanging. The way we live doesn't change. What we're doing may change. The circumstances God puts us in may change. But the way we are, the way we live our lives, that doesn't change. God's invite has always been the same. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Abide with me. I will renew you. Go with me. 
So for the next uh, eight weeks or so, we're going to be preaching through this. We're going to be distilling content over the years into this sermon series to package this for you and to show you what it means to abide, be renewed, and go with Christ. We're going to inspire you. We're going to inspire you to step in in new ways into these three elements of what it means to be a disciple. We're going to anchor you in Scripture. We're going to show you how this is littered all the way through Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. And then we're going to equip you. We're going to give you things you can get involved with. We're going to give you ways that you can tangibly connect so that you can abide well, you can submit to God's renewal well, and you can go with Christ well. Why? Because you've been chosen. God has handpicked you for this time and he's inviting you into this. When we were coming up with names for this sermon series, we often bounce around different ideas, different pictures, and we, we landed on this, this sermon series being called Our Lives, His Vision. And the logo was kind of being made up in different bits and pieces. And then someone suggested um, putting the little, uh, the little arrow in, the less than arrow. And we agreed as a group, actually, this is good because it hurts a little bit. Our lives are less than his vision. There's a real irony in it because when we understand that our lives are less than his vision, the reality, as John 10.10 says, is we get to experience this fullness of life that nothing in the world compares to. I think there's three main reasons that we receive a blockage, that we don't step into this, that we don't step forward into into discipleship. The first is, as I've said earlier, number one, we don't fully understand. I don't think I fully comprehended that I had been chosen. God had a plan for me and that his glory wants to come through my life. If that's you, if you don't fully comprehend it, I just ask you to accept it today. God has chosen you for this time. Have his vision over your life. The second reason I don't think we step into this is um, sometimes we don't feel worthy. We don't believe that God can use us to do it. We don't feel up to the task. The reality is we're not up to the task. The reality is he is up to the task. The reality is the spirit wants to come and dwell here in your heart. And my encouragement to you is don't fight it. It doesn't matter where you're at. If you're listening today, that's because God has handpicked you for this moment and he has a plan for your life. Don't think about yourself. Don't think about your life. Think about his vision and let that take over your life. And the third reason I don't think we step into this is that often we have more fear than faith. We've just been preaching through a series um, called Rebuilding Hope. And really at its core is this, we, we wonder in our hearts, particularly here in Western society, of can God really do this from, through me? Some of us, as we abide, um, we doubt whether God can renew. Is God really going to show up in my life and renew me? He wants to. 
He has a plan for your life. His promise is he will be with you till the end of days. He's saying, open yourself and receive. I will renew you. Maybe we do that bit. Maybe we do the abide well and we submit for God's renewal and we experience him in his life. And I I know I've been this in my walk as well. I go out into the world and then I have the same doubt but different. I doubt whether God can do it in their lives. Yeah, he's done it in my life, but can he do it in their lives? And moreover, not just can he do it in their lives, can he do it through me into their lives? God will be with us till the end of the days. The promise is he walks with you. The promise is the spirit dwells here. Scripture tells us that the glory of God wants to come through your life. To step forward confidently. This discipleship process, this abide, this renew, this go that we're going to journey through over the next few weeks is actually a process of consecration. What does consecration mean? Consecration is making clean to bring into the temple. God wants your life to be sacred. He wants your life to be pure. He wants your life to become something that he can use. God has chosen you and he wants to use your life to bring his glory into the world. I honestly don't know where you're at. I uh, Maybe you don't yet even know Christ. Maybe you've tuned in today for some reason you're listening along but you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're, you're building your own kingdom. Maybe you're focused on your own career or building that house or whatever it is that your identity is formed around. My encouragement to you today is don't miss out. Come forward. Engage in this sermon series. Follow him with your life. Get involved. Maybe, um, maybe you've been in church for a while. Maybe you were like me at the back of church for for a period there. I called myself a Christian. I labelled myself a Christian, but I wasn't a disciple. Every disciple is a Christian, but not every Christian is a disciple. If that's you, if you've been around church for a while, engage. The invitation is to step in. God has called you for this time. Step into this. And see where he takes you. Or maybe you've um, maybe you've been in church weeks or years even, and maybe you know Jesus and you know that he's transforming your life, and you've been living this life of discipleship for a while. Our prayer over you is that you'll engage with this sermon series. We want to say to you that God's not finished, God's not done. God wants to do more work in your life. He wants to take you to deeper places with him and he wants to use you to have more influence and more impact than you can imagine. So engage, step in. Let him breathe new life into these ways which you can live a life of discipleship. God is building this living temple and he's inviting you to step in and become part of it. He's chosen you. He has a plan for you and he wants his glory to come through your life. What I believe is when the world sees activated disciples 
living life. They can't help but be amazed. They can't help but be captivated by that, that living faith. I know this because I've seen this. These guys that were living a life of discipleship, that were moving towards Christ, that were changing, that captivated me, that captured my heart. I wanted what they had and I was motivated to step into it and go after it. I've also seen this through my life. I've shared stories with people that I thought were so far from God and these little snippets of the way I'm just living my life as a Christian, as a disciple of Christ. They're drawn by it. They're captivated by it. When the world sees the church, its people living a life of discipleship, it cannot help but be captivated. And the promise is his glory will go out into the world through that. So my encouragement to you today is to step in, say yes, choose to let down your guard, choose to absorb. We don't want you to finish this sermon series having missed out. We don't want you to finish this sermon series having learned some concepts but not applying them to who you are. We want you to step in and for this discipleship philosophy to become how you choose to live your life that you abide with him, that you submit to being renewed by him and that you go with him. Why don't you stand? I'm going to pray for us as we close. Father, we just come before you again and we say yes to your ways on our life. Father, for the people here that don't yet know you, that are feeling that tug, that they're being pulled into something that's bigger than themselves, I just pray for confidence in stepping forward. Father, for those people that are here that doubt or have fear or don't believe they're worthy, I just pray your truth into their minds, that you have a plan for them, you have chosen them, and you want to bring glory through Have them let down their guard and say yes and step in. And for the people that have been doing this a while, Lord, I just pray new life into them for more impact, for more influence, for your kingdom. We say yes and amen to your way, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.